0: Bone-chilling greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Brothers podcast part of your day. Those tunes you just heard is, of course, courtesy of the lovely Bobby Mackey. And as always, I am your host, Tessa Morrow. Today, we find ourselves in Southern California, right in front of the iconic Hollywood sign. It was erected over 100 years ago. Back in 1923, and today it reads Hollywood. But back then there were 13 letters reading Hollywood land. The very year that Hollywood land comes to life is the same year that a young woman named Peg Entwizzle moved to Los Angeles to be with her aunt and uncle. Now, of course, when she moved there, nobody knew how the two that being the iconic sign, and this young actress would be connected later on, and how Peg would have a connection to this sign long after her death, remaining to this very day. Now, the sign is remarkably up for only about a year when it falls victim to major disrepair. This, of course, was during the Great Depression. The H for the sign falls down. And it would be this very letter that the young actress, Peg Entwistle, would have a strange and sad connection to. More on that shortly. The Hollywood land sign was adorned with 4,000 light bulbs, and it costed $21,000 back in 1923. Today, that's equivalent to 375000 $543.86 to be exact. <laughs> now, believed to originally have been an ad for a Hollywood real estate company, and now it is just so much more. Now, every time I go to Southern California to visit family and friends, it's always nice seeing that sign nestled in the Hollywood Hills. It's always there, always welcoming, if you will. Millicent Lillian and Twizzle was born in Port Talbot, Wales. In 1913, after her parents' divorce, she comes with her father, leaving the United Kingdom, where they start fresh in the United States. More specific, New York. The young girl has long since been interested in being an actress. She she grew up watching her father, who was an actor who had done several Broadway performances before retiring. She just loved the passion that went into it, and seeing the people's reaction. And she wanted to do that so badly. So Millicent, she sees the play Peg Oh My Heart, and she enjoyed it so much that she changes her name. Ditching Millicent and Peg and Twizzle was born. They are only in New York City for one year before tragedy strikes. On December 20th, 1922, the New York Times reports on some major sad news. Quote, actor dies, struck by auto that fled. Robert N. Twizzle, former stage manager for Charles Frothman, dead in the hospital. It shares that a chauffeur sped away and unfortunately is never identified. He died in the Prospect Heights Hospital in Brooklyn. His brother would share that the spine was broken in two places and that it was shoved into his brain, Peg's father, Robert, is on Park Avenue and 72nd Street when he is plowed down, killed in a hit-and-run accident. Peg, she doesn't stay in New York long after the death of her beloved father, and she ends up in Los Angeles with her aunt and uncle quickly after. Circa 1925, Peg returns to the East Coast where she bounces between Boston and New York City. One definite fan of Peg's that I found was interesting was a young teenager named Betty Davis. And in fact, after watching Peg perform in a production called The Wild Duck, let's just say that Betty Davis fans have Peg to thanks because it is from watching her on stage that inspired her to actually act. She went home and told her mom, I want to be exactly like Peg and Twizzle. Davis's first movie would be Bad Sister, released in 1931, the year before Peg's death. And she would continue to act until her own expiration, her final work in Wicked Stepmother, released in 1989, the year of her own death. Peg marries a fellow actor, a man named Robert Keefe. And the marriage, if you want to call it a marriage, was a nightmare. He had trouble with the law. He was arrested a number of times. And the couple experienced several domestic disputes as well. Now, while there were problems at home, they seemed to follow her at work. As she had dabbled in Broadway like her beloved late father, but she was having problems getting roles because of her connection with the notorious Robert Keith. Now, thankfully, they divorced in 1929, and once this is official, she leaves the East Coast and relocates back to Los Angeles. She had experienced Broadway, and she adored it and was anxious to dip her feet into movies and films. Now, while she was a gorgeous and very talented woman, the competition was intense, and she felt like she was in the water, desperately trying to stay afloat as sharks circled below. What would have been Peg and Twizzle's first major role in a movie called 13 Women was cut from the final film. What was to be a really good role was now horribly cut to the quick, giving her just about 15 seconds. She must have felt like she was punched in the gut, kicked while down, utterly feeling betrayed. In 1929, Peg has a conversation with a reporter. She's quoted saying this. Quote, I would rather play roles that carry conviction. Maybe it is because they are the easiest and yet the hardest things for me to do, to play any kind of emotional scene. I must work up to a certain pitch. If I reach this in my first word, the rest of the words and lines take care of themselves. But if I fail, I have to build up the balance of speeches. And in doing this, the whole characterization falls flat. I feel that I am cheating myself. I don't know whether other actresses get the same reaction or not, but it does worry me." This was Peg's dream, to not only be an actress and make it huge, but she wanted to be loved and adored, respected, a regular name in any household. She wanted to be remembered, and sadly, she would be remembered, but for something that was out of her control her own death September 16th of 1932 is a day that plagued the Hollywood Hills with utter and complete sadness. She was living with her uncle at the time and she leaves his house walking in the dark through the Hollywood Hills and straight to the iconic sign as it flashed Hollywood Land. No one Really knows the last moments of her life. What went through her head as she got closer to that sign? Hollywood. Were your dreams either come true or, in her case, they're shattered and dreams go to die? What was she thinking as she began climbing that 45 foot ladder? Did she stand on the edge and stare down at the city that she believed failed her? Did she stare into nothingness for minutes, maybe for hours? The 24 year old woman leaps to her death from the letter H of that Hollywood land sign, September 16th, 1932. And it's believed that she haunts this area ever since. On September 21st, 1932, Schenectady Gazette releases a statement, and it reads this, Peg and Twizzle is laid to rest. The episcopal litany for the dead was intoned today over the body of Lillian Millicent Peg Entwistle, stage actress, whose failing quest for a renown in the movies drove her to suicide. Theatrical and film friends attended, and others sent flowers to the services for the 24-year-old blonde from Broadway at a funeral chapel on Hollywood Boulevard, sometimes called Heartache Avenue, in cognizance of the thwarted ambitions of money who seek success of the films. Some of those who attended the rights were Alan Mowbray, Sidney Toler, Hardy Albright, Arthur Byron, his wife, Winham Standing, Francis Goodrick, and Grace Hampton. They had all played with Miss Entwistle in a play starring Billy Burke recently, On September 20th of 1932, Lewiston Daily's son reports this, I was hiking on Hollywood Mountain and near the Hollywood Land sign when I found a woman's shoe, jacket, and purse. In the purse, I found a suicide note. I looked down the mountain, and I saw the body. I don't want any publicity in this, so I wrapped up the purse, shoe, and jacket, and laid the bundle on the steps of the Hollywood police station. Police went to the scene and found the body, which lay at the county morgue, unidentified until today, when Entwizzle said it was that of his niece. The coroner releases the cause of death as that of multiple fractures of the pelvis. The suicide note that that hiker found that fateful day read this. I am afraid. I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain. Now it said that after she died, a letter had come to the house addressed to her, and it let her know that she had got the role of a lifetime, No getting cut out of this part, a major part. Ironically enough, the role is of a woman who commits suicide. Her uncle Charles, who, by the way, had to be the one to sadly identify the body, would later share that his beloved niece always had a fascination when it came to the Hollywoodland sign. The young woman is cremated and sent to be buried alongside her father in Ohio at the Oak Hill Cemetery. Now, not too terribly long after Peg's suicide, the H, and only the H from the Hollywoodland sign, topples over. Now, eventually the sign does get some majorly needed maintenance in 1949, and the word land is removed. While some believe this to be a coincidence when it comes to the H, or maybe wind being the factor, Others believe this to mean something else completely, that it was haunted and the spirit behind the haunting was none other than Peg and Twizzle herself, and that maybe the H falling over was more than just wind. Fancy yourself the of the blonde beauty? It's said that especially on foggy nights, there's a good chance you may just have an encounter with Peg. Many joggers, walkers, hikers... And rangers have bore witness to seeing the apparition of a beautiful young blonde woman. Oftentimes when the woman has been seen, the phantom scent of gardenias takes place as well. One park ranger has seen Peg several different times, actually, often when it's late at night and foggy. And he knows when she's around because he will smell that gardenia scent. And he's not the only one. Griffith Park rangers have had many encounters with the spirit of Peg Entwistle throughout the years. A group of friends wanted to go hang out at the Hollywood sign and make their way up the hill. They wanted to actually be able to touch the iconic sign. But future visitors, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, just an FYI, it is completely off limits. It is fenced up. You could only get so close, so just kind of keep that in mind. You could admire, but from a distance. Anyways, on the way back down, one of the friends loses their balance, and they fall, and they begin to tumble down the hill. Now, thankfully, they weren't badly hurt, And this person, he gets up, and he starts to walk, finding where his friends are, when he comes upon a woman, and he said that she was wearing this really old-looking dress and wearing heels, which is not proper footwear for out there, that's for sure. She had a veil on that was concealing her face, and he shares that she walks right past him, walks up the hill in the heels like it was nothing And her footsteps making no sound whatsoever. A local who lives nearby was exercising one day on one of the trails when she sees a woman. She shared that something was really off about this particular woman. Something that she just couldn't put her finger on. Very strange. Quote, she had a very etheric quality. Instead of walking, she almost seemed to glide. She wasn't floating. She didn't look like she was a ghost, but there was just something very, very strange about her. And very soft looking. One day, a couple was out walking their dog on the Beachwood Canyon Trail. Things are normal until their dog's attitude changes immediately. It starts to act quite erratically. Its tail is no longer wagging, no more bounce in its step, and suddenly the poor canine is plagued with whimpering and cowering in terror. If It hides behind its owners. They know something's wrong, you know, and that's what's happening right here, right now. This must have been extremely confusing for them, as things were fine one second, nothing out of the obvious or ordinary, to make their dog begin to act this way. The couple is weary, and who wouldn't be who could blame them? Like, is there a coyote nearby? What's going on, right? Well, they begin to look around when suddenly they see a woman wearing older clothing walking on the trail. She then vanishes before their very shocked eyes. One woman is out jogging on the popular Griffiths trails when she felt like she was not alone and suddenly is overcome with an extreme strong scent of gardenias. Suddenly, a woman appears, floating, beautiful, with blonde hair. She catches the jogger off guard, obviously. Like, she wasn't expecting to see a woman floating by, right? And the shocked woman runs away. So next time you're out at Griffith Park and near the iconic Hollywood sign and you see a woman in the distance walking, she's beautiful, she has blonde hair, maybe she's wearing older clothing, it may just be the beautiful Peg and Twizzle, as many believe she is the one behind the apparitions and hauntings. And you guys get your nostrils ready because you may just have the overwhelming scent of gardenias surround you. Sightings and encounters have been taking place for decades, and guess what? They continue to this very day. Who will be the next to capture a glimpse of the doomed Peg and Twizzle? Suicide was mentioned quite a bit in this episode. If you or someone you know is struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, please know that you are simply not alone and that there are many other types of solutions that are not so permanent. It's not too late to reach out to somebody. You can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. This week's special city shout outs go to Gurney, Illinois, Waterlooville, England, San Luis Obispo, California, Commerce City, Colorado, Wakefield, England, and Dunkirk, France. As always, everybody, thank you so much. It is greatly appreciated. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They are all phenomenal. Haven't heard every single damn one yet? No need to worry. You can hit up any of those amazing podcast platforms right now and binge listen to your heart's bright and delight, such as Google Podcasts, Downcast, CastBox, GeoSaven, Spotify, basically wherever you may roam, to hear your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. Thanks, everyone, and I will see you next week. There's a ghost in the boy, it's true. He's waiting for me and you. There's no escape from here, my dear. The rest of our lives are looking blue. I can hear him rustling our hats. Probably stole a one from that. It seems worth doing. He's got our shoes. So on the couch I'll stay with you.